If you brought your copy of God's Word this morning, if you would, please turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at a familiar passage, or really two familiar passages. Ephesians chapter 2, and then a little later we'll look at Romans chapter 12. But Ephesians chapter 2, and we want to look at verses uh, 8 through 10 this morning. This morning I want to share a sermon with you that I simply entitled, Therefore I Serve. Therefore I Serve. Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll look at verse 8 through 10. God's Word says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10 for our text. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Well, you probably noticed an announcement in the bulletin, and it's that time of the year again. Our nominating committee will be meeting this coming week. Um, this time of the year, the nominating comes together, and we just, a uh, committee comes together, and we try to find enough people who are willing to serve the Lord in His church for one year in various positions in ministries. So I wanted us to focus upon that responsibility this morning. Because according to the Bible, the way God intends for His work to, to uh, His work to carry on inside the church and outside the church, how He intends for that to be accomplished is through the members of the body of Christ, the members of the faith family. In Ephesians chapter two verse eight, He reminds us, "For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves." It Salvation is a gift of God. Salvation is a gift of God, a gift from God. You receive salvation as a gift. You receive the gift. You can receive the gift of God. You can reject the gift of God. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord in Romans 6.23. So salvation is a gift. So those of us who have received the gift, who have received Christ, who have been saved, we're excited about that. Amen? We're going to heaven when we die. But before we go to heaven, we have a lot to accomplish here on earth. We are to serve here on earth. Uh, But I received salvation as a gift. You receive salvation. Perhaps you've never received the gift of God as salvation or in salvation. Today, you may, before you leave, I pray, will receive the gift of God, the salvation the Bible speaks of. It's coming out of a restaurant this week, and I was walking by a table, and I spoke to this young couple, and this little girl looks up at me, and I guess she was about four, and she looked up, and I was standing over And she said, today is my birthday. And so I was putting my change in my wallet. So I handed her a dollar and I said, here, happy birthday. 
and I got out of there before others could say, today is my birthday. <laughs> but she accepted the gift. She received the gift, happily received the gift. And so salvation is a gift. We can receive it. We can reject it. Then in verse 9, he says, after speaking about salvation being the gift of God there in Ephesians 2, he says, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. So he kind of reiterates his point. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. But then in verse 10, after we're saved, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has both or hath God uh, hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So after you're saved, then you're recreated in Jesus Christ unto good works. And so after we're saved by faith in Christ, we serve Christ and we serve others. We're saved to serve. Now I suggest to you this morning that 75% of you that are here today, I'd say 75% or plus, uh, already understood Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, before I did that little brief exegesis on those three scriptures. You probably already understood that. You knew that already. Someone said years ago, brother, uh, they said, you know, that as Baptists today, we know more than we do. You probably already knew Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. And so the question this morning is not, why should I serve God in the church? But the question is, why am I not serving God? Why am I not using my spiritual gifts that have been given to me by the Holy Spirit? Now, the church, I mentioned this morning in Brotherhood, the church is the greatest institution on the face of the earth. I say that for several reasons. First of all, it was instituted by Christ himself. If you remember Matthew 16, verse 18, Jesus told Philip, Upon this rock I will build my church. So Christ instituted the church. It's great because Christ is the head of the church. He's the CEO, the chief executive officer. The Bible refers to him in that capacity as the chief shepherd. As the pastor, I'm the under-shepherd of the church. And so it's great because instituted by Christ himself, he's the CEO of the church, and then the church is the bride of Christ, and 1 Thessalonians 4 tells how one day Christ is going to come back for his bride and he's going to rapture the church. And it's great because we've been given the commission to carry the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ into the world. We're the only institution, club, organization, whatever, that's been given that commission. There are a lot of great clubs and organizations and civic groups that do great work, but the church is the only one group instituted by God who's been given the responsibility to carry the gospel. And so we have a great responsibility so the question is, why aren't God's people willing to serve when called upon? Well, I suggest to you that a Christian who's not serving is really a Christian who's not fully surrendered to the Lord. Now, before you can effectively serve, you must make sure that you're fully surrendered to Him. 
Years ago, I heard a little illustration about a hog and a chicken. They'd been asked to go to a brotherhood breakfast. The hog was asked to bring the ham. Chicken was asked to furnish the eggs. When they got there, the hog got upset. Chicken said, well, what you upset about? And the hog replied, well, they're only asking you to make a contribution, but they're asking me to make a total sacrifice. Well, that's what Christ is asking you to do today. That's what he asked me to do. Before God gets your total service, he must get you. You have to be willing to say, here I am, Lord. I give my entire self to you. No strings attached. I'll do what you want me to do. Go where you want me to go. I'm in this to the end. Whatever you want me to do. I'll be willing to serve you. Paul taught just a little about that in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Notice what he says. He says in Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So Paul, in Romans chapter 12, he makes a shift from doctrine to practice. I've shared this in a Bible study from time to time. He establishes doctrine in the first part of Romans, and now he moves to just, just the practical use of it. Paul's saying, based on everything that I've said in chapters 1 through 11, this is what you need to put into practice. And he begins chapter 12, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. He uses therefore, the word therefore is used four times. He speaks of therefore in chapter 3 verse 20. He speaks about the therefore of condemnation. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Chapters 5 verse 1, he speaks the therefore of justification. Therefore, we ju- we're justified by grace through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in chapter 8, verse 1, he speaks the, the therefore of assurance. Listen to what he says. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, uh, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And now in chapter 12, verse 1, he speaks of the therefore of surrender. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, totally acceptable unto the Lord. So Paul is saying, although we're, we are guilty and we deserve to die and we've been declared righteous through faith in Christ, we will never face condemnation. Based on chapters 1 through 11, we should surrender ourselves totally to him. Now, there are three ways you offer yourself in surrender. He mentions here, and I'll mention them briefly. First of all, offer your body there in verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I beseech you, 
Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, he speaks of the mercies of God, meaning based, based on all that God's done for you, done for me, based on his mercies, based on him saving you. Isn't it great to be saved? Yes, hallelujah, praise the Lord, I'm saved. That's because of God's mercy, that's because of his grace. Based on his mercy to save us, based on his mercy to forgive us. My sins are forgiven, they've been blotted away, they've been erased, never to be brought up again, separated as far as the east is from the west. That's mercy of God. Based on the mercies of God, the assurance of my salvation, not having to worry that I'm, I'm lost one moment and then I'm saved again and then I'm lost again. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Therefore, based on the mercies, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Uh, present your bodies literally means to offer your bodies. To offer is to... Is, is the way it's described as one would offer a sacrifice. You offer an animal sacrifice. They would present that sacrifice. So offer describes someone presenting an animal for a sacrifice. The owner would offer the sacrifice, and the owner would lay their hands on that animal. And, and by laying the hands on that animal, they were saying that that animal was taking their place. They were offering the animal as a sacrifice to the Lord. So once this animal is offered, you can't take it back. You can't say, bring the animal back. I've changed my mind. No, it's offered for your sacrifice. So Paul is saying because of God's mercy, you need to offer your entire body, your entire self, your entire being to God because of nothing else, just the mercies that he's shown to you. You need to serve him. He just don't want bits and pieces of you. He wants all of you and all of me. Don't want part of us. He wants all of us. So how can I express my total surrender to God? I offer my total self to him, my body to him. Secondly, I offer my mind. Now, to, in order to be totally surrendered... You have to focus on being transformed and not conformed to this world. Notice what he says in verse 12, he's, uh, 12 verse 1. He says um, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be a transformed. He uses the word transformed. Don't be conformed, be transformed. Transformed is where we get the word metamorphosis. God intends for us to be different. He doesn't want us to be strange, but he doesn't want us to be worldly. He wants us to be transformed from this world. My values are different from the world's values. My morals are different from the world's morals. I have a biblical worldview. I, have, I don't have a a worldly view, but I have a biblical worldview. I have a, a, a biblical worldview when it comes to marriage. I believe marriage is for one man and one woman for life. That's the biblical view of marriage. I have a biblical worldview of modesty, a, a biblical worldview of abortion. Life begins at conception. The Bible teaches that uh, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, Myself, 
God knew me before I was even born. He had a purpose for my life. He created me to fulfill that purpose. Everything has a purpose. Nothing is created without a purpose. And God had a purpose for me to stand here today. And so he created me for that purpose. I have a biblical worldview when it comes to raising my children in regards to teaching my children and teaching them uh, about the Word of God and teaching them about society and about dating and about marriage. I have that responsibility, but I take it as a parent as a, from a biblical perspective because why I've been transformed. I'm not conformed to the world. I'm different, not strange, but I'm different. And I've shared this song many times, and it's one of my favorite songs. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I I can't feel at home in this world anymore because I've been transformed. I was jotting that down early this morning and singing it as I went. We're to be different, not strange, but we're not to be worldly. We're not to be conformed, but be transformed. We're to have an interchange. A metamorphosis takes place at the new birth. We go through this metamorphosis, this transformation, metamorphosis. It's not something that we do on our own, but it's something that God brings about in our lives. One way you know that you're saved is that you've been changed. You're reborn. My life's not the same as the song goes. So we present our bodies a living sacrifice. We reflect on the mercies of God, and His Holy Spirit will transform our bodies. His Holy Spirit will transform our mind. Therefore, to express my total surrender to God, I offer my body, I offer my mind, and then I offer my will. Here's the point. God, what do you want me to do? I know I'm spiritually gifted. I know that your word teaches me that I have been gifted by the Holy Spirit to do the work of ministry. I've been gifted perhaps in ministry or in helps or in teaching or whatever it is. What do you want me to do? I know I have natural abilities to do certain things. But what is it that you want me to do? Inside your bulletin, you had a little handout. If you'll look at that just for a moment. And what it is, it's a my commitment to serve. And here's where we begin the first year of forming our ministry teams. And you have, I feel that God's gifted me with spiritual gifts and natural abilities to serve on the following ministry teams. Audio-visual, and that's where you help run the equipment. I don't know, you may not be aware of it. We have two in the sound booth here but there's two, sometimes three, in the video room uh, uh, working the cameras and getting our uh, Sunday, uh, Monday night program ready and for our DVD. And so we have perhaps three to five in there on Sunday morning. You may be interested in being trained for that. Our baptismal ministry team to assist in baptisms. Benevolence as people need things, uh, need food and what have you. We have people to go and get the food and carry it to them. Children's church, obvious, to help in children's church during big church. and uh, Church fellowship, 
uh, ministry team to help with our fellowships, church greeters. Notice that's kind of italicized. These are some new that we're adding. The church greeters, sometimes the ushers play that role also, but the church greeters. You remember on Friend Day how we depend on our greeters at Friend Day, and that's coming up the first Sunday in November. And then we have our church office volunteers, and this is something we're going to be adding for, for, um, uh, for the church office, to help at the church office. And then uh, to church sign ministry, to put announcements and activities that are coming up on the church sign, not so much as, uh, lo- uh, not so much as slogans, but as uh, uh, things that are happening here to make the public aware. First impressions as you walk in, and we'll deal with that. The hospital ministry, band ministry, dramatic arts, the Lord's Supper, prepare for the Lord's Supper. The minute men and women, minute men, minute women ministry. I'd love to get this started because what we'd like to do is right after church on Sunday morning, go to our guest and knock on their door. Not even go in, just take about a minute, that's the name, and say, Here's a little gift from Mountain View Baptist Church, and we want to thank you for being there today. That would mean a lot to me. And this is a ministry I hope to get started. You might be interested in being a part of that, staying perhaps just not even going in, but making a quick visit uh, and letting them know we're happy they came. Of course, our missions, buildings and grounds, you might want to write that in. That was left off uh, accidentally. Multi, uh, multimedia. Our music, children's music, adult music. We have empty choir chairs. Some of you can sing great. I hear you. I hear you. You need to be a part of our music ministry, our nursery ministry, nursing homes and assisted living. We have a couple of ladies that visit every uh, visit the nursing homes in the areas here in Hateable. Uh, Winfield, they've gone to Double Springs uh, every month. You might want to help in that ministry, the puppet ministry, the prayer ministry preschool ministry to plan events, you know, like the egg hunt or things of that nature to help plan preschool preschool special events, security team ministry, team kid ministries. We look for coaches, uh, ushers, uh, then uh, to to help receive the offering, to set the temperature, um, you know, to turn out the lights when everything, lock the doors when everybody's gone. Somebody has to do that. Um, the Welcome Center, Adult Welcome Center, the, the Children's Welcome Center. And so these are some ideals of ministry. Pray about it. Lord, where can I get plugged in and serve in ministry? I know you've gifted me. I know I need to be a part, and I want to I serve because of the mercies that you've shown to me, all the different mercies that you've shown to me. And so... The greatest institution on earth is the church. So the question is not, why should I serve God in his church, but why am I not serving God? The question is, how do I fully surrender my body, my total being, my mind, am I conformed to the world, or do I need to be transformed? And have I fully surrendered my will? It all, it's all based on number three, I guess where you will do it. You will to help. So are you a member of the body? Then are you willing to serve based on what we spoke about? Therefore, I serve. I'm going to ask Richard to come up here just a minute. Richard Whitman. We're going to close with Richard's testimony. He shared his testimony this morning.
and it went right along with what I had to share in this message, and I've asked him kindly to summarize that, uh, summarize that testimony, and he's going to share with us today. Got my little cheat notes here. First of all, before the storm come through and uh, took away our church building, I would work 80 hours a week. I wouldn't come to church. I, I all I did was work. I was working for money. We sit out here at that church parking lot, and Brother Sammy was giving the sermon, and it's like I told him, I don't remember nothing about the sermon. I don't remember what it was about. But what I remember sitting there looking at that church building and seeing what God had done. You know, he let, he let that storm come through and take away the building. And all the things that I was working so hard to get money for, he could take that away from me. So I told Kim, you know, I was leaving, and uh, I told Kim, I said, I'm not working no more Sundays. You know, she didn't believe me because, you know, I've said it before. But uh, I've stuck with that. I've not worked no more Sundays. As a matter of fact, I don't work many Saturdays no more either. But uh, I was letting Kim be the uh, Christian leader in our home. I wasn't doing it because I was too busy working, trying to make money. But, you know, I, I've taken that role back over. I'm, I'm doing my job, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And uh, God just spoke to me. You know, he just told me I need to be doing things. And me and Brother Sammy had talked about it down here at the tent. And uh, we went and we helped build a church over in Ohio. And then uh, the, when we got back, God was still working on me. He wanted, wanted me to know, you know, I, I still have things for you to do. And I've quit everything that uh, Brother Sammy has brought to me that the Lord has put on his heart for me to do. I quit it. You know, as soon as he gave it to me, you know, I'd find a way out of it. But the Lord put it on my heart that the brotherhood needed a brotherhood director. And uh, I came to Brother Sammy about it, and he brought it forth in front of the brotherhood, the first one we've had since the church building here. And I've enjoyed it, and I've been doing it. And uh, this year we went on another church build, went out to Ohio, uh, Illinois and we built that church and I can tell you now my heart is where it's supposed to be you know I'm going to serve here at this church and I'm going to do what the Lord has me to do and I'm going to go out and I'm going to build churches because that's what the Lord wants me to do and if you're not doing what the Lord wants you to do then you need to get get keyed in and get started doing it you know just like Brother Sammy said there's got a whole list of uh, things here surely the goodness you can do one of them you know if you can't there's something wrong that's all I got Thank you, Brother Richard, and, and uh, I, I have to, uh, Richard's been a blessing since uh, he came to me, and he's always been a friend of mine, but uh, I could tell he was struggling, and then he came and he said, I'd like to volunteer to be the Brotherhood Director, and then I knew God was working with him, and uh, I, I don't know, Richard, every morning between 7.30 and 7.45, I get daily a daily scripture text from Richard. Uh, he sends that to me every morning between 7.30 and 7.45, I get that. And it's just a, a scripture for the day. And now, he didn't used to do that. <laughs> but... He surrendered to what he could do to the Lord. Now, if there's a ministry on there 
that you think we need that we don't have, come see me about that. Because sometimes people will come up to me, and let me give you an illustration. They'll say, Brother Sammy, uh, let's just say we need a clothing, we need a, say we need a food pantry here at our church. What they're really saying, we need you to start a food pantry here at the church. And, and my reply is, God hasn't spoke to me about a food pantry. But he spoke to you about it. Maybe God's speaking to you about starting a food pantry here. He spoke to me about starting a food pantry. And so if you've been praying and God's placed a ministry on your heart, that's God speaking to you about a ministry. So then come and say, Brother Sammy, God's been dealing with me about starting a ministry here that we don't have that I feel like we need and I just could use and I just want to come and tell you where we can pray about it and see what you think about it. And then we'll go from there. But, man, there's a lot of things. You have a purpose in serving the Lord. Get plugged in. Do what, you, do what the Lord wants you to do. And you will be content in your walk with Him. You really will. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had just to focus upon serving you. I pray for every person here. And God, I pray that today you've spoken to our hearts and where we need to be serving. Father, there's work to be done. And so I pray that we would just give you ourselves, give you our mind, give you our total being to use us where you need us. And Lord, we know that you will gift us to do the job. You don't call, Lord, people and have them to do things that you don't give, give them the gifts to, to do those things with. And so I pray, Lord, for each person as we find out what you would have us to do. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.